0: Welcome to the Diocesan Digest, your favorite source for current stories and information about what's going on in the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. Today's episode features Canon Susan Joplin of St. Paul's Cathedral. Canon Susan is the new dean for the School of Spiritual Direction through the IONA program here in the diocese. We had a delightful conversation about the new program. We covered questions about what exactly spiritual direction is, what the Ignatian exercises are, and how folks can get involved. The diocese is thrilled to offer this new program, so let's dive in and learn from canon Susan Joplin. Well, thank you so much for joining the Diocesan Digest podcast this morning, Ken and Susan. I am so excited to talk to you about the new School of Spiritual Direction. And I just, I'm so excited and delighted that you are kind of spearheading the efforts. Can you tell everyone a little bit about your role and how, how this school came about? How did it, what was the idea? Who, who put it together?
1: Sure. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, Before I do that, I want to thank you. You are uh, such a wonderful person to be in this position in our diocese, and you are just out there uh, seeing what's going on and putting it before us and helping us all to feel much more connected to the center. So thank you, Sarah, for having me today and for all that you do.
0: Thank you. So
1: um, just a little bit, a little piece of my own journey. I am uh, currently the canon of St. Paul's Cathedral, and I have been at the cathedral, it will be 30 years, July 1st. And about 14 years into it, about 16 years ago, uh, I stumbled into a, um, a local monastery, the Red Plains Monastery. and. When I stumbled into it, I learned that there was a significant stronghold in central Oklahoma for spiritual practices. And uh, I met the person who would uh, have a lot of influence in my life, Sister Benedicta. And she guided me through the Ignatian exercises. And it was that that opened up doors for me where I was just getting to that point in my ministry where I just needed a little bit of a jump start. I needed more depth. I needed more, um, a different way of understanding uh, what this uh, world of God and me was about. So it was the Ignatian exercises that began opening one door after another. And I fell in love with those exercises because... There are so many tools within that eight-month program for discovering um, how one can seek God on a deeper level. So before long, within a year, I began leading the the Ignatian exercises in a couple of different formats and then took a a five-year training program under the direction of Mary Diane Stelton Camp, who is with the Archdiocese Center, the uh, Pastoral Center of the Roman Catholic Church. And she became my trainer. She had also been a spiritual director of mine. And um, so she trained many of us in this five-year program in how to become a spiritual director. And again, that was a deeper formation for me I will tell you, I didn't go into that program thinking I would be a spiritual director. I just wanted to lead Ignatian Exercises because I love them so much. But as it turned out, at the end, uh, I was launched into uh, becoming a director. And the more I went with that <laughs> became a calling for me. Uh, so as I began to connect with other souls and in, in, greater oklahoma city we do have uh this very very strong fertile ground of many seekers of the uh interior pathway to god and uh many many spiritual friends out there it, it's uh i would i i would i would not live anywhere other than central oklahoma because it is so rich and such fertile ground so As my life kind of went on, um, this thing began um, brewing that in the Episcopal Church, the Roman Catholics were very organized about training spiritual directors, but not in the Episcopal Church. And so we did uh, recruit a lot of people. I think we put something like 40 people from St. Paul's Cathedral through the exercises, through the Roman Catholic program, but the more that went on, I thought, you know, why don't we why as Episcopalians, uh, we don't have anything like this? And there were some significant conversations with Canon Tony Moon, um, and so through those conversations, an idea began to emerge, and uh, which led to a talk with Bishop Ed about <clears throat> the possibility of training spiritual directors through our diocese. And Bishop Ed gave great support and had very good ideas for things I hadn't considered and really moved it forward. Um, Then it was still yet in the imagining stage and in the dreaming stage. And when Bishop Polson was elected, I was so very excited because one of the first things I learned about him was that he had been in spiritual direction himself for about 20 years. And not only that, Canon Eric had also. So I didn't hear are these two people that I didn't need to convince them of anything. They already knew about uh, the doors that can be open. Uh, if one has an appropriate spiritual director to who we are. So that just pushed it out further. And um, so I began gathering people, faculty, people that I thought would be good teachers and uh, and and recruited 12 students. And I wanted 12 because it's such a biblical number and it kept floating back. Sometimes we had 14 and we had 10 and then it finally settled. And we have 12 students who have begun. We started uh, last Saturday, as a matter of fact, was our first class. And so these 12 will be guided through an intensive program. uh, It doesn't let up. They don't have any uh, months off. Once they start, they go for 24 months. And um, at this point, we have 15 faculty members who are just wonderful. And they are from a variety of disciplines, a variety of denominations. And uh, we have two consultants and almost a third and these consultants are different denominations. One of them has been my mentor uh, for the Parker Palmer facilitation method. The other one for Teilhard de Chardin. And the third one that I'm hoping she will uh, join is my mentor through Virginia Seminary right now for a leadership training. And um, she's coaching me and uh, in how to do this work better about how to lead it. So, Um, Well, that's where we are right now, and we we will stay with the 12 through the end of 2022, and then they will receive a letter of completion and be listed with our diocese um, for that letter of completion, and then they will be launched out there to become directors. So, I could not be more excited. This seems to me like a culmination of everything that's been important to me in my life so it's uh uh, terribly exciting and sometimes i have to pinch myself and it's not (laughs) really it has started we are off and running and uh the other thing is that all these students seem to be very engaged and very excited so um it's all systems go at this point
0: Man, I'm I'm just so excited for you mm-hmm. and just your, just, like you said, it's like a culmination of your life's work being put into this bright shining star for the diocese to help mm-hmm. educate others to be spiritual directors in our diocese to help our folk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the ecumenical piece of it too. It's like we're, our brethren in the Roman Catholic Church have been doing this for a super long time. It's where the Ignatian practices started, you know, and I just, I love that it creates you know, an even wider network of folk that we can be in in communion with. Um, I think that's a really beautiful piece. But for folks who, um, I had two questions to follow up, folks who might not know exactly how spiritual direction is different than like psychological counseling. Mm -hmm. And I know as, as someone who's going through, you know, the steps to become a priest, you know, we're encouraged to have have both. Um, (laughs) but, but certainly the spiritual direction piece is, is really important for the formation of clergy, but why is it important for laity to get involved and what, and like I said, how's it different than, than like going to a therapist?
1: Okay. Thank you for that question. Very good question. I feel it is very important. First, the second part of your question for laity to become involved. And right now we have a combination in these 12, uh, eight are clergy and four are laity. And um, a good spiritual director can be clergy, but you know, some of my best spiritual directors have been laity. And it is I believe a calling, Bishop Polson, I've heard him say that as well, that to be a director is a calling from God. It's, it's hard work because we're just ver- working very hard when we are um, sort of midwifing a directee into becoming more acquainted with the landscape of their soul. And while there are some therapeutic elements to it, I feel like when I'm in direction solidly and consistently every two weeks or once a month, uh, every two weeks is better, that I am mentally healthier than when I'm not. So it is beneficial that way. The difference, I think, is the theological aspect. All right, so now let's take this issue that you have and let's look at it. Let's look at where the root cause of it, where it began in your life. And now let's ask, where is God in this picture? I think that is the dividing line. And as clergy, we need to be asking those kinds of questions: Where is God in this picture? And as uh, just people in a church, that is, you know, we're called. We're all called as Christians into the body of Christ, and whether we are so so aware of it or not i think we're all called to ask that question where is god in this picture and the more we can ask that question and clearly discern where god is calling us the better equipped we are to to be the church so god those are my thoughts on that
0: yeah yeah i think the just rooting it and what god's up to in your life and for me, in my experience, having done both counseling and spiritual direction, I think the theological is such an important, huge piece of my life. And to examine my life through that lens mm-hmm. of what God is doing in me and around me is is just as helpful. Um, I, I definitely think the psychological um, perspective is needed, too. But as a very spiritual person, um, to constantly think of, you know, just always been thinking of my where I am in relationship to God, I think is a really productive way of parsing through my spiritual life in the everyday, you know? So it's been super helpful to me as I've been journeying along with you, because you are my spiritual director.
1: <laughs> so and I I'm so happy <laughs> for that relationship, truly. <laughs> yes.
0: My yeah. other question, um is for you to explain for folks who don't know the Ignatians exercises. Yeah. What what are those kind of in a nutshell? And how are those different from just going to church and praying, you know?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. And first, I, I want to say a little um, promotional piece here that for people who are thinking that they might want to join the school, the first opportunity, next opportunity to do that is going to be January of 2023. But there are things to do between now and then, and the Ignatian exercises are required for everyone entering the school. So if a person were to enter in 2023, the Ignatian program, as we run it in central Oklahoma, begins in September and concludes in May. So that means in 2021, a person who is thinking they might want to be part of the school would start the Ignatian exercises in September and conclude in May. And we are forming six groups, I believe at this point. Uh, four will be on virtual and two uh, inside in person if we can get to that, get to that point hopefully soon, uh, in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, and then also virtual so that we can have everybody can do it. So now what, what are the exercises? Well, I believe the exercises, as we call, we call them, we shorten it, the Ignatian exercises, we call it the exercises. So if you're in the know, you can, you can now start to call them the exercises. I believe the exercises are a masterpiece and it was the call of Saint Ignatius to follow his own interior landscape. And as he did to uh, write down and to codify all of those steps along the way of how he was able to navigate his relationship with god and he what he left us with is this wonderful program uh, divided into four portions four movements we call them weeks but they're actually movements and um and each of these helps us to discover a different part of our relationship with god and There is a daily lectionary that we follow, and uh, that is given to us. So every reading within this eight-month lectionary corresponds to prayer practices that we are doing um, in relation to those readings. So one of the simplest and most effective tools, and, and we learn about, okay, I need to stop and count. I've read that it's something like 15 to 20 methods of prayer we learn through the Ignatian exercises and some like more, some more than others. So you get to choose at the end what what is most effective for you. But one of the practices is called the examine And, and the examine, really the exercises are built around the examine where we just take a daily event in our life and we look at it and we say where was god in this picture and where was the grace in this moment for me and we concretely name it and then we go back over the same period of time and we say now when and where did i go against the grain of god when did i when was i maybe not the best version of myself the last 24 hours and we courageously name that um, and then we bring those together, our consolations and our desolations, into a lifting it up into God. So that is one little example of what we learn in the exercises, but it's, it is just a very, very complex system. And uh, St. Ignatius, it was now 500 years ago that he set down this system. Um, he's known as the father of spirituality as we know it now. he was He's looked at as a real turning point because he was so concrete and and the system was so well thought out. So I want to invite people, Sarah, to if they have an interest in this, because we're already talking with people who want to take part in the Ignatian exercises beginning in September. And I don't want to miss anyone who thinks they might want to become part of the school or just take the exercises. Maybe that's enough, you know, for some um, to contact me and we'll, we'll get you to be a part of it. Yeah.
0: And I'll make sure to put your email in the, the show notes and all that the, be great. the description yeah. of the podcast. So folks know who to call and, and the website that has a little more information and has kind of a, I put kind of the curriculum, the the agenda, okay. that what that might look like, just so yeah. folks can get an idea of what the curriculum looks like. Um, and
1: thank you for establishing that. Really love it that you have, once again, Sarah, taken the initiative to put <laughs> something in place that is really helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The website is, is our regular website, epiok.org slash spiritual dash direction. So super easy to get to it. Yeah. I think you really covered um, the mm-hmm. majority of what I was hoping to to get. So I really appreciate your time, Ken and Susan. And I'm, I'm so excited for folks to get into this. I think it's such a a wonderful resource for our folks. And oh, the other question is, mm-hmm. I've had people ask, is there like a total virtual option? So if someone in Texas or New York wanted to do the school, how is that going to look?
1: Uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking to a rector of a church, an Episcopal church in Philadelphia just yesterday asking that same question. For one thing, right now we're all virtual because of COVID. So we're getting a lot of practice. And while it's not the ideal, it is much more practical in many ways. So I don't think we're going to go back. We may, I imagine we will have an in-person portion, but I think we're always in order to move forward in this world as it is now post or in covid and post covid we're, we're we're going to just need to to offer a virtual aspect for for this and for things that we want to develop yeah and I, I what i see it is we will plant this in oklahoma but and get it really strong in oklahoma we'll get it really strong with these 12 and then we will open it up to other denominations in 2023 and other people and well, just like this rector in Philadelphia, he, he, he was saying, I think I'd like to do this in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. don't know where it will go. The sky's yeah. the limit. <laughs> I think
0: that'd be cool though. to Like, you know, educate folks in different places and then they can go on and lead yeah. the more in person stuff. Sure. And yeah, you nice. can gather and do the training maybe online together. I just yeah. there's so many there's so many opportunities and cool creative things that are going to come from this. So I'm I'm so excited. Like I said, for your leadership and your your experience. I mean, if you've been taught by the nuns of the Red Plains, like mm-hmm. we're in good hands. You know, like they know what they're doing out there. Oh, I I don't like... I don't I never question. Yeah. our women religious. Uh-huh. You know? They were my favorite people at Notre Dame. Yes. And continue to be some of my favorite theologians to read and learn from. So, yes. I think
1: Sloth we're on good, the right path. Good teachers. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Thanks for joining us, y'all. Be sure to sign up for the Diocesan newsletter at our website, epiok.org/newsletter. And follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date on what's going on in the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. See y'all next week, and peace be with you.